0: Well, kia ora, everybody. Nice to be joining you again. We are today in the final week of a five-week series that we've been working through uh, right throughout January called Resolutions That Stick. We've already suggested to you eight New Year's resolutions from Proverbs chapter three that, if rightly applied, we think will help your spiritual life thrive in 2023. And we also think that if your spiritual life is thriving, a lot of other things will fall into place as well. If there's a theme that has permeated all the resolutions that we've been suggesting, it's the theme that gaining wisdom from God enables these resolutions to stick, to work out in our lives. Last week I read from Proverbs chapter 4 verse 5 to 9 as a key passage that reinforces this continuous theme of getting God's wisdom. Let me remind you of that passage. It's fairly up front. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Do not forget my words or turn away from them. Do not forsake wisdom and she will protect you. Love her and she will watch over you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. Though it costs you all you have, we have to let go of our own wisdom, get understanding, cherish her and she will exalt you, embrace her and she will honor you. She will give you a garland to grace your heads and present you with a glorious crown. One of the benefits of getting older, like me, is that you do accumulate a little bit of wisdom about life. I was reflecting on this during this last week when I was talking to a younger pastor who had a tough Christmas and was thinking about throwing in the towel. I said to him, you know, the good thing about a tough Christmas is that before you know it, there'll be another Christmas that could well be better, and it'll come around faster than you think. Life is like that. Don't dwell in the negatives. I could say that because I've just been through my 21st Christmas as a pastor, and I know we have our good ones and we have our hard ones. We have our good days and our bad days in the line of work that we are in as pastors. Well, he's decided to stay for now. That's good. (laughs) I've gathered enough wisdom in my life so that I can say to my kids, who are having their own kids at the moment with all the challenges that kids bring, trust me, they will grow up. You won't be stuck changing nappies and toilet training forever. I'm not sure that they believe me, but it is true. I've experienced that. I'm also old enough to be able to say that wrinkles will only go where the smiles have been. Am I right? <laughs> I've also been around long enough to be able to say that the funny thing about getting older is that your eyesight starts to deteriorate, but your ability to see through people gets much clearer. <laughs> I'm also old enough to have accumulated a bit of wisdom about God and how He can work in our lives. I can share stories of how he sustained me through tragedies, guided me through significant changes, and loved me when I've not felt worthy of love. Hopefully I'm able to live out some of that wisdom as I I live my life in a way that might encourage others to seek that same wisdom, God's wisdom, in their similar and other situations. So while we might be talking about New Year's resolutions, we're really talking about learning to see the world and our lives through a a God lens, what we might call attaining a a godly worldview or a Christian worldview. Here's the first eight resolutions that Caleb and then Ethan and then I have spoken through over the last four weeks. What you hopefully notice is that over the weeks, I've moved from gaining God's wisdom internally to to living that wisdom out externally. We started with these resolutions, I will keep God's command on my heart. And the second one of week one was, I will let love and faithfulness never leave me. In week two, we talked about these resolutions, I will trust in the Lord in all my ways, I will submit to him and I will honor the Lord with my life for everything comes from him. And then in week three, I talked through these resolutions, I will accept that the Lord knows best, and I will seek God's wisdom to gain understanding and life from it. That's what Proverbs 4 was saying. And last week, I suggested these two resolutions. I will have no fear, for the Lord is my confidence and keeps my foot from being snared. And I will not withhold good from people, because it is in my power to act. I I will bless people. As I mentioned last week, the last two resolutions that I want to suggest we adopt today get quite practical, which means they're actually quite challenging. So, having attained God's wisdom in our heart, having trusted in God's ways, having honoured God in our lives, having accepted that God knows best, and without fear, these last two resolutions are perhaps where the rubber might hit the road for some of us. So. Resolution number nine comes from Proverbs chapter three, verse 29, which says, do not plot harm against your neighbor. Now, the words of this proverb just go to show that some of the character attributes of humanity are timeless. There's perhaps always been this inbuilt desire to get even if someone hurts us or even if they just annoy us. (laughs) Even the Bible seems to support this. The Hebrew law seems quite clear in Exodus chapter 21, verse 23 to 25, which says, But if there is serious injury, you are to take life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burn for burn, wound for wound, bruise for bruise. But this idea of reciprocal justice, measure for measure, predates the Hebrew Bible and goes all the way back to the code of Hammurabi, a Babylonian legal text composed around 1750 BC. It's, it's the longest, best organized and best preserved legal text from the ancient Near East. Written in the old Babylonian dialect of Akkadian, purportedly by Humurabi, sixth king of the first dynasty of Babylon. So who doesn't want to get even at some point with those who injure us? in whatever way that might be. But in support of the wisdom literature spoken well before his arrival, Jesus turns this on its head. In direct reference to that passage in Exodus, he says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 38 to 45, "'You have heard it said, eye for eye and tooth for tooth, but I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek,' Turn to them the other cheek also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Give to the one who asks you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. That you may be children of your father in heaven. He causes His Son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Now, most of us would prefer not to wrestle with the words of Jesus and the wisdom of God from Proverbs. But when we live in His ways, we live differently. We have a different attitude to most people. We we live graciously. And trust me, we, I... Struggle to work out what is fair in an unfair world. I don't have any easy answers for your particular situation as I don't always have easy answers for mine. But what I know is that if you're actively and prayerfully working through what this means for the situation you're facing, you're doing the right thing and praying for God's wisdom to direct your paths. Because God wants to free you from the weight that unforgiveness and the incessant desire for fairness often brings. You know, how we deal with life when things are unfair is often a reflection of how deep our spirituality lies in our hearts. So to summarize Proverbs chapter 3 verse 29, we could say this as resolution number 9. I will pray the best for everyone. Resolution number 10 comes from Proverbs chapter 3 verse 31, which says, do not envy a violent person or choose any of their ways. I told you these resolutions don't get any easier. The question I ask myself when I read this proverbs is, why would we envy a, a violent person? I mean, violence is shunned in our community, well, in the open anyway. Although we know that violence is part of our society, reported and unreported. But what does it mean to, to envy a violent person? Well, as I thought about this some more, I, I began to realize that it is not the violence that is the focus of this proverb, but the envy, the envy of other people, of being like them, of wanting to look like them, or the one thing that is rife within our society of having what others have. What is significant about envy is that the Bible is not silent about it. and In fact, it's mentioned many times in very negative tones. Here are some examples. Another proverb, chapter 14, verse 30. A heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 4. And I saw that all labor and all achievement spring from man's envy of his neighbor. This too is meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Or in Mark chapter 7, verse 20 to 22. It says he, Jesus, went on. What comes out of a person is what makes them unclean. For from within, out of people's hearts, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these evils come from inside and make a a person unclean or sinful. Or James 3.16. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. Another way of talking about envy is what I call the comparison trap, and many of us reside in its presence a lot of the time. The comparison trap robs us of a life of peace and contentment, and and yet feeds the comparison trap like an out-of-control bushfire in the heat of summer. And there wouldn't be many of us who aren't affected by its its heat. Some examples, let me give you mine. Sometimes I want to be like a better preacher that I know. Sometimes I want to be like the charismatic leader that gets better results than I do. Sometimes I want that car that I see in our car park. And sometimes your plans in life seem so much more attractive than mine. I could go on. (laughs) It's just me. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to think about what you're comparing yourself to or what situation you're comparing your situation to. But God's wisdom in his words is the direct opposite of envy and the comparison trap. One of my life verses that I read a million times earlier in my life and that I still read regularly are the words of Paul as he writes to Christians in the city of Philippi. He writes in Philippians chapter 4, verse 11 to 13. I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through Him who gives me strength. Is there a more significant verse for how we live our lives, how we deal with envy, how we deal with the comparison trap? So, resolution number 10. I will not compare myself to anyone, for God takes delight in me. So, 10 New Year's resolutions from Proverbs chapter 3. I, I wonder which one or two or five or ten might stick with you in 2023 that will help you in your spiritual life. Some of you will know that at the southeastern end of Lake Taupo, there's a small island called Taiko. It's the only island in Lake Taupo. It's closest to an area called Mochitiri, which is where our family has camped for many, many years. I've been out to that island many times, swimming in its deep waters and fishing for trout in its rocks and its fall-offs. Tirangi Tua Matutoru, a major chief of the Ngātai Tu Wharitoa, was buried in a sacred cave on this island in the 18th century, and, and I visited that grave before it was closed off some years ago. Some of you will know the island because from State Highway 1, the main road through our North Island, it looks beautiful, lush and green. It's covered in rich fauna. It's predator-free, so it's got abundant bird life as well. But the western side of the island, which you can't see unless you take a boat over to it, is a whole different story. This is where the weather has hit it for thousands of years. There are sheer cliffs, and it's very rocky. And the trees that grow look like they're holding on for dear life, but they actually thrive. The birds swarm and often nest on that side of the island as well. Every time I visit the western side of Motu Taiko, God impresses on me that this is what living life can be like for a follower of Jesus. Life throws all kinds of things at us all. Sometimes the storms seem ferocious and it can be hard work to maintain the sort of character that God desires to see in our lives. Many fall away from it, but, but like the trees and the bird life that thrive on the, the western side of Taiko if our roots go down deep enough, we'll thrive. And the roots of our lives are the words of God, which are the wisdom of God and Over five weeks, we've tried to urge us all to hear the wisdom of God that helps us do life and faith together, acknowledging that none of us are perfect, but over time, we can mature, we can grow, we we can thrive, and these resolutions might just help us thrive some more. In 2023, God doesn't want us primarily to achieve things. I think he's intently more interested in our character because everything flows from there. So what resolutions are you going to work on? On the screen is a graphic with all 10 resolutions that we've talked about. If you want to look at this graphic longer, you can download a copy of my text from our website or our app. We're going to publish that for you. And while you're thinking about these, we're going to listen to a song called Fall Afresh. And I want to encourage you to quieten your hearts. And hear what the Spirit might be saying to you about this year. Also in my text you'll find a few more questions to reflect upon. Some other resources to look through during the week. Our heart is to resource you for the journey that lies ahead. To encourage you to think about these resolutions. To adopt what might be relevant to you. To live our lives in a way that honors the God that is at work in and through us. Let's pray. Father, these resolutions 9 and 10 that we've looked at today, they're not easy. Loving our neighbours as ourselves perhaps, not envying, not comparing ourselves to others. These are practices that most of us are very good at. Father, I pray that you would help us to hear what your wisdom might be saying to us through your words and by your spirit. Help us discern your voice from all the voices that seek to input into our lives. And might 2023 be a year where we take some of these resolutions and we think about them, we, we write them in our bathroom mirrors, we put post-it notes on our steering wheels in our car, we put them in our Bible next to our bed, we think about them, we pray into them. Father, help us to continue to put our roots down deep in you so that we might be like trees that thrive sometimes in harsh environments. Help us see you at work in the the places that we go to and help us to bring you glory and honor and in our work and in our leisure and in our homes and to all the places that we will spend time in this year. That others might see your Spirit at work within us. So as we listen to this song, we invite your Spirit to fall afresh on us. Might we quieten our hearts to hear your voice. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Let's take a posture of of openness. Maybe put your hands out like this, listen to the words of the song and, and listen to what God might be saying. God bless you.